Choosing an energy company raises many questions. Who can make my electricity and natural gas work smarter? Where can I find a company that's easy to do business with, who knows the market best and has options to fit my needs? For millions of homes and businesses, there is one answer, Constellation. Decades of market intelligence and proven solutions from a trusted energy leader. Energy made efficient, simple, insightful, and flexible. That's what makes Constellation America's energy choice. Learn more at constellation.com energy. Hey, podcast listeners, this is your humble host, Michael Smalley, and I just wanted to take a moment of your time before the show gets going to remind you about our online membership. It is an incredible resource to help you build a better relationship where we have taken all of our best video series and converted them into online courses. You can check out how to become a member at smalleyinstitute.com. What if I told you a story about a couple who fell in love, got married, divorced, a husband remarried someone else, then divorced again, and then actually remarried his first wife, and now they are stronger, better, and healthier than ever before? You'd probably think I am clearly lying, but you'd be wrong, because today you get the story of Peter and Holly. I've warned you all. You guys are submitting amazing stories, and we are able to have some pretty incredible interviews of folks who've gone through it and made it out on the other side. So today you get to hear the story of a couple who lived through despair, but trusted God even in the darkest moments of their hurt. Welcome to Smalley Marriage Radio. I am just one of the people behind a microphone, Michael Smalley, along with my other person behind a totally different microphone. Seth Johnson. Yes. And we have additional microphones. We have two studio. additional. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Like, I think we are officially a big deal. Uh, I think I think so. I mean, at this point, I'm flanked by microphones. <laughs> you, are, you are in a cornucopia of my, of my no. No, that doesn't work. make sense Yeah, I could all. hardly even pronounce it. <laughs> So yeah. we do actually have in studio for this new kind of show that we're starting to sprinkle in mm-hmm. on Smalley Marriage Radio called Our Stories. We have Peter. How do you say that again? Our, oh, my heavens. Are you really going to go there again? Our. Our. Yeah. It's Our Stories. How do I say it wrong? Our. Our Stories? You, I say that? You say that every time. I don't like And I love you, just not in that moment. I don't like that Holly... First time in the studio is nodding her head affirmatively for Seth. I think that's just wrong. I, I feel the validation. I think maybe we need to spell the two words so he can understand. Oh, well, yeah. Power. We actually yesterday. <laughs> Sorry, the teacher's coming out. I love it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, welcome, Holly. Hi. And Thank Peter. You. Good morning. Good morning. So, wait, what, te- what do you teach, though? Well, I, I was a teacher. You were a teacher. Yeah. I, I taught fourth grade for um, about le- 11 years. Really? Mm-hmm. Once so a what teacher, always a teacher. That's um, fair. Yeah, I did my time. And you're saying <laughs> that my grammatical skills are not past that of a fourth grade level? Just these two words that okay. I've noticed so far. <laughs> so far? <laughs> She's so taking far. notes off. Good luck, enough. Michael. <laughs> nice. And Peter. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us today. Absolutely. It was very loving. They actually, full disclosure, Peter and Holly go to my church. 
yes, Woods Edge do. Community Church, and yep. they are very involved mm-hmm. at our church. And actually, your story is one of the videos yes. on our website. So you guys actually filmed this how long ago? I would say two. No, three about four years. About four years ago. Oh, okay. It was pretty like yesterday. Hey, it was Listen, pretty was it yesterday, day before? Oh, a decade. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to be the source of a of a new conflict. <laughs> That's not what we're about. We've already had that we discussion tried, too. We tried very hard not to get into anything Facts. this morning. Yeah. 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 You tried. <laughs> In it preparation. Would not be good. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. So, okay. First of all, obviously, thank you very much for your willingness. Yeah. You're you know, very I've been, welcome putting out some of these social media things and and Peter actually texted me right away yeah. and said we'd love to come on the show to share our story. So, why don't mm-hmm. we kind of get I kind of gave a teaser in the intro and I re- okay, we're going to have to get over my pronunciation of our <laughs> just pretend our? it's H O U R. Man, I, you yeah. would think I would talk better someday. You would think. But I don't. It's almost like it's like a part of your career to yeah, speak. You would think so. Maybe this is why people like me. I'm Have you ever of heard them. of Hooked on Phonics? <laughs> Hooked on Phonics. Working, Working for, for me. me. So who would like to kind of give us the general highlights of the story? Sure. I'll, All right. I'll start. Holly's up. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Peter and I, um, we, it's funny because... We've when we when we're asked how long have you been married, we get that question, and um, we we don't know if we can have a quick answer, but we go ahead and answer. We just tally up the number of years, you know, nineteen years total. Um, but we were married in ninety eight, and um, and and then um, we lived in Dallas. We married in 98 and, and Peter was working. I was working. Um, we had our son, um, in 2001 and, um, and then going through some things. Um, I think we'll get into that, but going through some things, some challenges, definitely. Um, we, um, we split up. Um, Peter actually, um, left the marriage and, um, had an affair. Um, and and so that um, became um, what we're actually getting into today. Um, he left the marriage. Um, I moved with my son back to Victoria, and um, it was very hard, very painful. Um, we had a lot of um, a lot of animosity throughout the divorce. Um, it was not anything I'd ever want to go through again. Um, but can I ask you something? Sure. Because I think this is super important for people to hear because when you're hurting and you're suffering, right? So you shared, you'd had an affair and Mm -hmm. he'd left you and now we're divorcing. Uh, divorce isn't a positive experience. No, it's not. what it sounds like. No, no, (laughs) not at all. Fairly miserable. How old was your son at the time? He was two. Okay. He was two. Uh, he was a year and a half. He was going to turn two. We separated in November. That's true. And then he didn't turn two till December, so he's yeah. actually younger. Sounds yeah. like Peter likes to get into the facts. Yeah, and he has yes. a better memory. Yeah. <laughs> that is true. My, my kind of I, man right there. I'm, if you've ever listened to the show, I'm facts all the way, and that gets me in trouble with yeah. my beautiful wife, Sean. Yes. Yeah, I always turn to him and, and pretty much ask him, now, you know, what year was that? And he has memories that go way back, and I'm... I think I've had a lot of trauma. <laughs> I think um, that has affected my memory. But um, yeah, he was real young. 
So you are in Dallas. Mm -hmm. Your marriage is falling apart. Mm -hmm. You go back to Victoria, Texas, which I actually was pastoring there for a a, a period of my life as an interim. Mm -hmm. And the divorce is contentious. It's it's negative. How long, by the way, out of curiosity, how long did the divorce take? Not very long. Well, we started, well, separated in November and it was finalized uh, end of May. Yeah. Okay. As divorces go, some can drag on. Yeah. But Peter really had, um, he was on a mission. He wanted me out of his life. He -hmm. wanted to move on with this new woman. And um, he was on a mission. And so there was, and of course, there's nothing, there was nothing I could do to stop the divorce. There's really nothing the other spouse can do. Well, and we actually get that question a lot from Mm -hmm. people going, how can I stop my spouse from divorcing? And that we've done shows on it, and mm-hmm. they often don't want to hear the answer, but you just said it. There's yeah. nothing you can do. So, mm-hmm. And I try to counsel people a lot, especially in our Reignite Intensive program, that you know, being resistant to this or trying to block it or sabotage it at every step, is it doesn't make any sense. Right. All you're doing is spending and wasting more money, more time. If they want to leave you, you got to let them leave. Mm-hmm. Is, right. is that, right. Was that maybe even your thinking during the time? No, absolutely not. <laughs> So you I were tried going, I everything that I could do. Yeah. I, I begged him. That didn't work. It just drove him further. He couldn't run fast enough away from me. Um, you know, I I was mean to him. Um, that didn't work? That didn't work. Wow. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> um, you know, and then finally I had, pretty much immediately, I had, I had gotten in to see a counselor. I had a physician helping me through it. I had to go, you know, I had to seek some, I had to get on medication, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, and the counselor and a, and a really dear friend that counseled actually Peter and I, before we got married, um, counseled his family for a while on some things. Um, He basically said, this is not your crisis, Holly. And that has stuck with me to this day. He said, this is not your crisis. If Peter wants this divorce, he's now, he's, he know he is his crisis. It's not yeah. yours, and so um, just be smart. Go ahead with the divorce. Um, he'll regret it one day, but you can't hold on to something that wants to go. You can't mm-hmm. hold on, and it, it's just going to take you down. And I'd be curious, Peter, because it, this is man. I am so excited about this story <laughs> because I've never been able to air this before. Because I try to tell people that if you're trying to desperately hold on to someone who doesn't want you to, all of your efforts are going to be received negatively. Mm -hmm. So begging is not going to be received like you think, and getting angry is not going to, you know, putting your foot down going, I don't believe in divorce, so I refuse to sign this, is not exactly. So, Peter, for you, if you can think back to that time, Mm -hmm. what is going through your mind when you're convinced I'm out of here, but yet your spouse is holding on and trying to get you back? Well, it's literally trying to uh, separate yourself from from anybody that's going to tell you what you're doing is wrong. So whether it be my family, uh, my friends, or, or anybody that was negatively going to say, you need to stop doing what you're doing, um, I didn't want to hear it. So if she would call, um, it would literally be leave a voicemail, and I'll figure out what I want to respond to. Um, it, it was complete avoidance. Uh, from the standpoint of I didn't want to deal with it. I wasn't going to deal with it. I was going to push it to the side. I was going to focus on what was in front of me, which was this other woman and her kids. So that 
<clears throat> and that's typically what happens. That was my focus. That was my new focus. Yeah. And so that focus left my left Holly and Grant. Uh, Grant, not so much. I mean, I, I was as active as I possibly could be. I lived six hours away from him. I would drive literally 12 hours in a day to pick him up, that kind of thing. But And we can get into that part later. But <clears throat> my mindset literally was push everything away from me. Don't deal with mm-hmm. it. And, you know, you want to run from those emotions, run from those feelings. There were times when we were separated uh, before the divorce was final where I would literally break down and cry in my apartment by myself. And as as ludicrous as it sounds, I couldn't figure out why. (laughs) And and it was exactly because that was my mindset. Yeah. My mindset was, well, this is what I want. Mm-hmm. So I'm getting upset. Well, what am I upset for? Well, I'm going to pin it on, I'm not around my son. Not mm-hmm. that this marriage was crumbling, but that I don't get to see my son as much right. or I'm not around him as much. So that's what I'm going to pin it on. So that was, that was where I was. That was my mindset. What a really good insight, though, in the sense of that's just fascinating that you're, you know, you're separating, you are... Yeah, you're going through a divorce and you're sobbing in your apartment alone and you're you, you're ignorant of mm-hmm. Wow. I hope people can hear that because this is a part of what happens in traumatic situations or cuz that's what divorce is. It's a right. tearing. It's a it's, you know, you were just being ripped apart and I bet often people wonder oh, how could they do this or why are they It's probably because they're not thinking. No, and, and they and, don't have their head on right, and no, it is all irrational. Right, and and you know you don't wake up one morning and go, okay, I'm gonna go tear my family apart. This is a this was a slow fade, so to speak, not to steal from the song, but it was a number of things built up that that I didn't deal with correctly mm-hmm. in my marriage, um, and so as these things built up. Um, Satan creeps in and, and starts telling you things, and you start believing them, and then all of a sudden, your focus is is not on your family where it should be. It's it's on what's over here, the shiny new object, so to speak. Yeah. So, uh, the the it, it's not a flip of the switch, and, mm-hmm. and that's why a lot of people think, well, you know, why can't I just talk to them, and all of a sudden they believe everything I say, and then everything will be fine, right? And it's because the the mindset of of the person that's doing the harm. Um, they're not in their right mind. They're incapable of of accepting what they should be accepting at that time. Mm-hmm. And and there was literally nothing Holly could do that would. There was nothing anybody was going to do that was going to change my mind. I mean, I I I can remember so vividly looking and at Peter, even hearing him over the phone, and not even recognizing the voice I was talking to. I mean, I knew it was Peter. But my everything in me was like, this is not, this is not who I remember my husband to be, yeah. and he, and what he was doing was so out of character mm-hmm. f- for for Peter, um, you know, it, it was it was so traumatic, and so you just felt like your world had just been obliterated. Well, I think you even said you could you'd look in my eyes and go, he's yeah. not there. There's yeah. something not right in his eyes. Mm-hmm. And how do you, so how would you say, I kind of, when when I actually asked you guys, what questions would you hope that I would ask you during the show? And you you all both were very thoughtful. And as I've already heard your story before, I kind of, I've 
conceptualize your story into sort of three main maybe areas. And it kind of starts with trouble and then went into pain and then ultimately landed in healing. So in dealing with trouble, what, what would you guys say, you know, what got you to that place where all of a sudden you're, Peter, you're looking and you're noticing someone else and maybe this would make me happy. What, what would you guys say, what led to the trouble? I, you know, I think it was, it was a couple different things. Um, at that particular time, we were going through infertility issues. We just had our, <clears throat> excuse me, our one son, but we were unable to conceive a, a second one. Um, and, and then that became a regimented schedule. It became, okay, I, I'm ovulating, you know, let's go. Yeah. And, you know, that's a very tough thing to deal with, uh, you know, flipping the switch. And then it was conflict resolution. Holly came um, from an upbringing where there was a lot of yelling in the house. Um, I didn't necessarily come from that same type of upbringing. So when we would have our conflict, um, we wouldn't really resolve anything. It would be a lot of uh, yelling back and forth, and then resentment would build because we'd never settle the conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It was communication, a lot of it. It was just knowing how to communicate in a healthy way. And, you know, we we, know. we had great times, um, but I think over over a period of time, there was so, so much frustration, and, you know, Peter just didn't know, he didn't understand what, how I was raised or what house I really, the atmosphere that I grew up in. My parents are awesome, wonderful um, they're loving, caring, but when they fought, they fought hard. And when they mm-hmm. love, they love hard. Mm-hmm. And so they're, you know, I didn't handle conflict, you know, sometimes I handled a conflict really poorly. And so he just shut down and, um, it wasn't like we went on days and days without talking, you know, we'd make up, we couldn't stand to be mad at each other for very long and we still can't, but, um, but it you sounds know. like you you might make up, but it, you weren't really. Yeah, it was I think more, there was sweep this one under. Yeah, no resolution. There was yeah. a lot Making of hold up. on to you know um, hurts. Right. Yeah, and then you throw infertility in there. Our intimacy, really, what what intimacy should be, um, it wasn't present, and we were mm-hmm. on a we had a job to do. You know, yeah, it became work. Yeah, and yeah. Holly Holly should have been the best job ever, but right. yeah. yeah. Holly's a she's identical twin, and and this when we moved to Dallas or McKinney, this was the furthest she'd ever been away from her sister, mm-hmm. and and that adjustment, and on top of our first year of marriage, was extremely difficult because she couldn't, she was having issues. She missed her sister. I mean, like mm-hmm. sobbing, missing her sister, and I, I don't. What do I do? I don't. I don't right. know how to cope with that. I have no idea. So what's yeah. funny is when when Amy and I first got married and we I was in grad school and the next thing you know we're in Chicago Illinois and it's freezing cold and it's really the first time she's been away from Texas and away from her family she would sob mm-hmm. and she would sob and sob and I don't know Peter if you were like me I used to get offended by that because right. I felt like the sobbing means she doesn't like being with me right mm-hmm. and I made it about me which yep. actually Holly I'm assuming it really wasn't about that necessarily it right. Was, just about, Missing. hey, I miss this person, yeah. and that makes me mm-hmm. sad. It doesn't reflect negatively about you, but when we don't know, yeah. we tend to make it about us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Our right. buttons are getting pushed, yeah. 
and then boom. Because you're already not communicating effectively, mm-hmm. right? Then you have those it's negative just, beliefs that you're just just right. adding to the problem. Yeah. And then just what, one what, more thing. what that ended up leading to uh, for me was I I have all this built up built up frustration. So mm-hmm. what did I look to do to release my frustration? Pornography. That was I'd, I and and it was the typical okay go to the pornography site and then feel the guilt and shame so bad afterwards I'm never doing this again kind of thing we'd have right. another argument I'd get that I, I gotta have I gotta do it and and that that's part of the slow fade I was talking about that that mm-hmm. it, it just got to the point where that progressed to you know okay she's a good looking woman or you know okay she's looking at me and then you know it it progresses you you kind of push the line a little bit further you're pushing you're pushing you're pushing and eventually I got to a point where I found somebody that was more desperate than I was. And, you know. And Peter, you said earlier, too, that, you know, you start, Satan starts, he knows where to, where to, where to attack. Mm-hmm. And so you, you were saying earlier that you, he starts filling your mind with, with lies. Correct. And one of the lies, um, I think it's key that you started believing was, you know, when we were first married, um, one year turned into two and you started seeing things in me that you hadn't seen when we were dating. Right. We had a fast courtship. Right. And yeah, um, I wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> <laughs> I, we beat you, by the way. You were six months. Oh. Amy and I were four. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, well, and we didn't live near. We lived three hours away from each other. Yeah. Wow. So it was literally we literally saw each other on the weekends every other weekend for basically a day and a half. Mm-hmm. And for a year. F- yeah, for a year. Yeah. And then when we got married, we got married and moved to McKinney. So it was like all of a sudden, okay, I'm with this woman that I've only seen every five days, six days, really. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Wait, there's but things it, I didn't know about you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Yeah. yeah. But it, it sounds like Holly, what you're saying is, it felt like maybe Peter started developing some pretty strong negative beliefs. Yeah. I right. mean, one of the things he would say to even our counselor before we before he walked out was, "I don't recognize this woman. I, I this is not the woman I married." And, you know, hearing that, that was hard. And that kind of shook me. Um, not enough to really stop what I was doing, but um, because it was a habit, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But to hear, to hear him say, this is not the woman I married, I knew in my mind, wow, he must, he must really think about what would life be like without me. Oh. And then mm-hmm. the, I think that's the belief that you started, that Satan really started... Mm-hmm. Um, warping into your behavior yeah well it sounds like because it it sounds like you were a believer when you got married is that oh absolutely Mm -hmm. okay absolutely so maybe would it be accurate to say that satan might have used that that train of thought as a justification rationalization of even the pornography and then eventually the other person yeah i mean i could i i got to the point where uh, you know like Today at Woods Edge, I, I usher all three services where, where Holly works at the church. We're, we're very involved. I got to where I I, I was tapping my foot, wait, couldn't wait to get out of church. We were in a small group, and as soon as it ended, man, I'd be out the door waiting on her going, come on, let's go, let's go, let's yeah. go. I, I just, it, it got to the point where I, I wasn't in the Word. I wasn't seeking the Word. I wasn't doing the things necessary to make sure my life was, a, my marriage was a, was a fair proof. Um, you know, and, and something else to add what you said earlier, it necessarily wasn't just the arguing and everything else. Uh, even Holly's, uh, and Holly can, can speak to this, her spiritual journey at the time, 
she she was looking to me for her happiness as opposed to looking to, mm-hmm. to God and relying on God first. Um, and, and that I, I felt that pressure and, and I was like, I can't, I can't do this. I, I can't have a career come home and, and I have to make my wife happy. And, and we've got a, you know, a, a child and, you know, a lot of people look at you and go, well, suck it up. Come on, dude. And, but you know, over time that builds and builds and builds and builds and, and you, you don't know what to do with it. Is that, is that accurate in the yeah. sense of you maybe started trying to plug into Peter for oh yeah happiness for joy and yeah well, I mean there's definitely um, a period in our marriage where I put him above God and and he couldn't he couldn't give me everything that I was looking for it was impossible right and so um, yeah I think I had some you know tendencies to do that and the harder i felt like he was moving away from me the more the harder i clung to him and you know tried everything i could to get what i wanted from him and he he just you know he wasn't gonna have it what would you looking back Mm -hmm. and so now it's you today what would you tell your former self at that point that that wife who's being dependent on her husband and kind of put him ahead of God, what advice would you give that's a that, good question. that woman? Yeah, that's a good question. I think I would tell that Holly to take your eyes off of Peter and put them on God and also find out, study Peter more, find out what what he really loves and pour into serving him and not, you know, bringing him a glass of water. I mean, or that's great. But trying to do it unselfishly, not looking for anything in return. I think I... So no strings yeah, attached. no strings attached. And then don't, you know, don't have those expectations that he, I'm doing this for you, so you should do this for me, which is a very, you know, pretty immature way to, to go about life. And well, it's also very normal. It's, it is. It's, it's very normal, but it's selfish. We all, we're all right. selfish, um, but it's, it's not about what he needed to do for me, but just what I, I lovingly want, wanted to do for him and not look for anything in return. And, you know, if I needed him for something emotionally, um, you know, not to manipulate to get it, mm-hmm. um, but just express my feelings, give him time to process it, ask him to think it over, be patient, um, and then, you know, come back to it. Um, but go to God in prayer about it, too. and Trust um, him. Trust him. Yeah. Because either, and that's, ooh, we're going to get into that, too, here very shortly. And I'll ask you the same question, Peter. What would you now, going through everything you went through, what would you tell Peter back a, then, who had, had probably more hair? <laughs> right. A little bit. Not much. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> uh, you know, aside from the typical wake up stupid, um, the biggest thing probably is be vulnerable with your wife. And mm. I was not, I wasn't raised in a home where my father was was vulnerable, was emotional, was, you know, he was very uh, great person, um, love him to death. Um, but, but he was not, he wasn't there on, on an emotional level for my mom mm-hmm. or, or for really any of us. Um, but that would probably be the biggest thing because Today in our marriage, I, I try to be as vulnerable as po- possible with Holly, 
in expressing my feelings and in, in receiving her feelings and receiving her love. Um, because when I don't, conflict arises. And, yeah. and and she knows me. She can look at me. She looked at me last night and said, something's bothering you. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what the, you know, all I did was <laughs> turn. I, I don't know. <laughs> what the heck? So it, 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 I, the biggest advice to him I, I, would be be vulnerable with your wife and, and obviously get in the Word, get, get into God, you know, really um, understand it. And that was part of my problem is, is even growing up being a Christian and everything else, nobody, nobody taught me how to really study the Bible and, and understand what I needed to do to, to get in the Word and, and really understand it. You know, I'd, you know, read something and you kind of, okay, yeah, that's, you know, great. That's a good tagline, but <laughs> I didn't. And uh, knowing, knowing, obviously, your story, because you lived it, and knowing the consequences, what I'd be curious because th- this I think would be so valuable, especially for a guy who very well is in your exact same situation. Mm-hmm. They're going through unresolved conflict. He's miserable. He's gotten into pornography to escape because you know a lot of men tend to sexualize anxiety, mm-hmm. and we're stressed out. And it's not that we're horny and that we want. Se- right. It's just that it for most men it tends to manifest itself. Sexually, which pornography is so easily accessible now. Mm-hmm. What would you tell Peter at that point? You know, when you kind of started looking around and you noticed that chick, what would you tell him to do differently this time? I, go get help. Okay. Because I, I, at That's that good. time, I didn't know. I, I didn't know how to handle it. I, I wasn't equipped to handle it. And you know, where some guys go to drinking, some guys go to drugs. You know. Some guys go to pornography, and, and that to me that was a very interesting part of all this. Is because after after Holly and I got divorced, I, I never looked at pornography. I, I never I never had that mm-hmm. anxiety to where I was like, okay, I got to go. So I was like, even when I divorced the second time and I'm by myself, I didn't do it. Mm-hmm. And so it, it 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 was a real connection point for me as to okay, that was your outlet. That's what you when you got stressed, that's what you did. So it, it it's more about becoming better educated equipping yourself with the proper tools to deal with conflict and deal with things and issues that, you know, arise in, in your marriage and in your daily life. And that's, that is so encouraging to hear. Mm-hmm. It, it, you would have been really loving to go, you know, I would have gone to a reignite marriage intensive, but, but you said, <laughs> but you said I would have gone yeah. and gotten help. Gotten help. But <laughs> can we just highlight how critical mm-hmm. of that, that thinking is yeah. most people, right. especially guys, are they're stuck and they're in this place and the last thing they want to do is go get help but what you're saying is not today not after what no. i went through and what i had to learn the hard way no i go back and tell my former self dip thong go yeah go get some counseling get a mentor yeah. you know don't go this way because that makes it worse yeah. but and like we've said a hundred times and i like to just harp on bring up like 117 times. 117 <laughs> that you have a tally um like there is there is no shame for guys in particular because it's a pride thing of admitting hey this is an issue and uh going to you know maybe a mentor your pastor mm-hmm. someone in saying this and we've we've spoken on the show how like I've had um great friends that have come and um you know had the same confession to me and not once have I been like oh my gosh you dirty sinner you know th- mm-hmm. it's there's there's love and compassion, and that's what you're gonna get when you do confess these things, when you do admit these things. So, men, like, please, whatever it is, what mm-hmm. you know, however, whatever the medication that you're doing is, whether it's pornography, whether it's drinking drugs, or you know, it can be anything really. 
is have the um, you know really the lo- the love for yourself and mm-hmm. um, and your spouse to open up and get that help. Well, because here, here, the flip side of that is you're going to repeat it. If, if you don't figure it out, if you don't address the issue, you're going to repeat what you're doing, whether it be with your spouse if you don't get a divorce or if you get a divorce and you remarry, you're going to repeat the same thing if you don't ever address the issue. This is such an amazing story. And what a blessing, actually, to have Peter and Holly in studio with us. And we actually went so long that their story is going to be featured in three shows. So what you just got was part one. You're going to want to stay tuned next week for part two of Peter and Holly's story of redemption. So thanks for listening, everybody. And don't forget, if you want to turn your relationship around starting today, check out our online courses at smalleyinstitute.com, where we have hours of video from our very best series all waiting to help you build a better relationship. And if you enjoy the show, or maybe you don't, it's okay. Let us know by leaving us a review on iTunes. It just helps us know you're listening, and it helps others find the show. Smalley Marriage Radio is brought to you by the Smalley Institute. If your marriage is on life support, reignite your relationship in only two days. Find out more online at smalleyinstitute.com. Or call us toll-free at 888-565-6462. To be the melody above the noise, above the hurt. I was young. Find out what's inside that church. From producer J.J. Abrams, critics are calling Overlord a thrilling combination of action and horror. And now it's 93% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Overlord, rated R, in theaters on IMAX November 9th, directed by Julia Savory. Did you hear the news? Metro PCS is now Metro by T-Mobile. Now you get new plans with unlimited high-speed data all month long, all on the T-Mobile network. Check out the new Metro by T-Mobile today and discover the smarter way to get unlimited. Metro by T-Mobile. That's genius. During congestion, the fraction of customers using greater than 35 gigs per month may notice reduced speeds. And Metro customers may notice reduced speeds versus some T-Mobile customers. Video streams at 4DP. Coverage not available in some areas. See store for details and terms and conditions.